Hello, I'm Nikki Hopkins, your current president of BCVA, and this is our first ever podcast. We plan to deliver these short broadcasts every other week, and they're now aptly named Cattlecasts. They're going to be designed to connect the Cattlevet community, share our knowledge, and to keep you updated with what the BCVA board is doing for you, from the comfort of your car and between your calls. It has fallen on me to launch this first ever episode where I'll review the latest COVID-19 resources we've prepared for you and look at how our profession has met with the challenges of this global pandemic. Future broadcasts will be a mix of topic-led CPD and news on current affairs. We've had an ambition to offer podcasts for some time and now that we are all a little bit more disconnected by the restrictions and social distancing measures, it seems like the timeliest opportunity to start them. We want to be able to provide another form of CPD, particularly for vets on the move. Bite-sized, invaluable knowledge sharing about best practice and news about innovations or new legislation. They are also a great, easy way of connecting the BCVA community with how the association is working for you on your behalf. This is something we may have been guilty of not sharing so well in the past and it has been identified as an area of improvement in our member survey last year. Last October, when I took the presidential chain from Professor David Barrett, I knew I had big shoes to fill. It was a little daunting, but I was also excited to give back to a profession that has been very good to me. And I was confident that I had something practical to bring to the table as a vet in practice who knows the daily challenges of being on farm. I expected a heavy workload and lots of meetings. I knew I would have to learn some new skills, make decisions about BCVA priorities. But of course, ditching my wellies and waterproofs for a little black dress to attend a social function was never going to be a hardship. What I didn't expect was to have to navigate the challenges of a global pandemic as the head of a national organisation. Of course, none of us could have been prepared for this and I will be eternally grateful for all of the talent and commitment that sits around the BCVA board table with me every day. Not literally, obviously, at the moment. Their support and dedication has been inspiring. Every day they have contributed to creating information and resources for members. They have lobbied for you and pressed for your best interest at the highest levels. All of this whilst holding down their own jobs and stealing time away from their families. The BCVA office staff have uprooted from Gloucester headquarters and are now working from home to ensure that we can still respond to your member queries. In the early weeks of March, it seemed that we had new instructions from government every few hours. Making sure that we communicated this information in a useful way was a priority. Since then, We've tried to take what we've learned and listen to your experiences to expand on the tools we can provide. This is why I hope that you have been taking advantage of the resources we've been creating to help support and protect you and your practice. I would just like to highlight the ones I've been finding most useful as I continue to work in farm practice under current new guidelines. Talking of travelling, I have found the travel certificate BCVA created really useful. Whilst it isn't a legal document, or indeed currently a legal requirement, it does give me the confidence that should I get stopped, I 
can produce it to demonstrate that I am one of the essential workers and that my journey is required in order to carry out my job. This is only available to BCVA members and this is because we need to be able to ensure appropriate use and that I haven't just signed my life away. Hundreds of you are using them and if you've not yet made a request, simply email office at cattlevet.co.uk and the team will email you a copy. Another resource produced by the team which you may find useful is the checklist for on-farm visits. This document has been created to help protect members by providing a paper trail to explain your reasoning for attending calls and the conversations had with your clients prior to attending. And of course, it should sit alongside your own practice protocols. We hope that you find this a useful tool too. I certainly do. I like having the confidence that I can produce this at any point to justify the work that I'm doing. Even though it's highly unlikely that I'll ever be challenged, I know that if I am, I have these records up my sleeve. One of the most recent documents we have produced is our TB testing flowchart for decision-making about TB testing on-farm and what to do if the test cannot be carried out with social distancing in mind. A lot of changes have happened with TB testing since lockdown was introduced and devolved administrations have also implemented different rules. As someone who works cross-border between England and Wales, I know all too well that keeping track of regulations is tricky. So, I would like to try and summarise some of the key criteria around TB testing. These details are correct as of the 18th of May. Firstly, it is very much the opinion of APHA and ourselves that if some of the test cannot be done with social distancing in mind, the farmer or the family are in a vulnerable or shielding category, or anyone on the farm is displaying COVID symptoms, then that test should be delayed. We need to make it clear to farmers that they won't suffer any financial penalties from single farm payment reduction by delaying a test due to COVID reasons. Wales and England differ here in what they have put in place to cover this eventuality. We'll start with Wales first. There has been no extension deadlines to testing windows for routine and surveillance testing. In practice, what this means is that if a test is delayed for COVID reasons and it goes overdue, that farm will be put on movement restrictions and TB free status suspended until the test is carried out. You need to call Wales APHA to request a test delay on 0300 303 8268. The window for short interval testing in breakdown herds has been extended to up to 120 days post removal of the last reactor off farm. So instead of carrying out short interval testing every two months, it can now be extended to every four months. Moving over to England, there has been some testing window extensions. If a TB test has an initial testing window of three months, then the test can be extended by two months. For testing windows of two months, these can be extended by a further month. There are no extensions to tracer tests or to IR retests. In a similar thread to Wales, 
short interval testing can be increased to 120 days post last reactor removal. You need to email tb.advice at apha.gov.uk with the email subject heading as COVID-19 prioritisation protocol request. On the 4th of May, APHA in England and Wales announced that for TB free herds, there has been a temporary testing exemption for calves under 180 days of age. What this means in practice is that if a TB free herd needs a routine or surveillance test and the calves under six months of age cannot be tested safely with social distancing adherence, then assuming the cattle over six months of age are tested clear, then that farm retains the TB-free status and does not go under movement restriction. If the calves not tested, then subsequently need to move, then they will need to have a pre-movement test in the future, but maybe this is when they are older and easier to handle. This new exemption does not apply to calves who have a tracer test due or to post-movement testing into the low-risk areas. There are slightly different amendments in place for short interval and check tests, which I will talk about shortly. APHA have issued special instructions for the submission of tests that have exempted calves and that it should be submitted as a complete test and any calves under 180 days not tested for COVID reasons should be entered as APHA advised not to test. This can be backdated to any OTF tests done on or after the 23rd of March when lockdown was initiated, where the calves under 180 days weren't done due to lack of social distancing. There will be no KPIs issued for submitting this now. APHA also state that if some calves within a management group have been done, then they would expect that all of those calves within that group should be done. As an example of this, if calves housed in individual hutches or pens were deemed to be safe to test by the vet, then all of the calves in hutches should be done, not just some of them. Scotland have not implemented this new temporary exemption measure. Northern Ireland have done so, along with their current position of not testing as a default unless both the farmer and the vet can agree to carrying it out under certain safe conditions. Most recently, from the 14th of May, there are now temporary dispensations to the testing of calves under six months of age that are in herds where the TB-free status has been suspended or withdrawn. APHA have issued a temporary amendment to allow calves under 180 days of age not to be tested in short interval or check tests where they cannot be done for COVID reasons. Normally, if a part test is carried out, then the next short interval test cannot be generated until the whole test is complete. This would hold up future testing of the herd and potentially allow infection to spread within the herd and to wildlife. So the amendment has allowed part testing of cattle over 180 days of age to be carried out and the next 60 day test dates to be generated. So at least some testing of that breakdown herd can be carried out, 
even if social distance it means that young stock cannot be done. It does not mean that herd restrictions can be lifted without ever testing the calves under 180 days of age. The whole herd will still need two clear short interval herd tests before restrictions can be lifted and OTF status returned. But in the interim, it can mean that the spread of M. bovis is reduced within the herd by still surveillance testing stock who can be put through the crush, who are usually the riskier group for infection. And it means that in the long term, the herds can potentially become TB free quicker. If calves under 180 days can be done with social distancing in mind, then they should still be done. Alternatively, if the cattle over 180 days of age skin test negative, then arrangements could be made to return to the farm at a later date to test the young stock when discussions around handling facilities can be had in order to allow the safe testing of calves. If they were clear, then this could count towards a clearing test. Just to highlight that we have been taking your feedback on board and using it. It was obvious very early on that testing of calves was the area where vets were struggling most with social distancing and the TB subgroup at BCVA have worked hard at coordinating with APHA, putting forward a list of recommendations, particularly around the area of not testing calves under six months of age. I know this is not a perfect solution to all testing, but it is a huge positive step forward and for the majority of cattle herds that are TB free, it offers us vets the flexibility to make testing decisions on farm without the added pressure of putting some farms on suspension. It hopefully strikes a balance between keeping everyone safe, still maintaining the food chain and TB surveillance. Whilst vet and farmer safety is paramount under the circumstances, we are still in the position that TB is a notifiable and zoonotic disease and nobody wants to see the unintended consequences of not doing any TB testing. Some of the latest APHA figures do show that somewhere in the region of 75 to 80% of TB testing is still being carried out across the country, although there will be regional variations. What we hope to ensure is that this percentage is being done safely for everyone. We also have to bear in mind that some practices are experiencing staff shortages and this coupled with lots of recent bank holidays and tests taking longer to complete due to social distancing measures does mean that we can be time poor for fitting tests in. This new measure will hopefully help improve the situation and help you to prioritise the testing you are doing. Be assured that BCVA will still be working on your behalf to lobby for further changes to be taken into consideration. We've been so impressed by seeing how colleagues across the country have met some social distancing challenges. We asked for members to send in pictures of successful social distancing, which proved really popular online and gave lots of us ideas we might not otherwise have thought about. Please check out the website or our social media feeds if you want to view the library of pictures. Also, please note that there is support for you if you are struggling in any way. VetLife is an invaluable resource for our profession and receives support from BCVA. We would also hope that you would contact us if you felt that we could help. 
although please don't contact me about any homeschooling tips. And talking of homeschooling, please make use of the expanded free webinar programme that's a great member benefit. So that's just a roundup of some of the tools I hope will help support you through this astonishing time. The BCVA website has full details of everything else available and we've been using social media more than ever before. As much as I wish we'd never heard of COVID-19, I've never before felt like I'm part of something important and can make a valid contribution. So please, stay safe and thanks for doing what you're doing. It is appreciated.